This is Dr. Mariah White, host of Your Life Matters. Thanks for listening to the following broadcast on Public House Media. I am your host, Jenna Burt. I'm a military spouse of almost 10 years, a health and fitness enthusiast, a mom, and a registered dental assistant. Again, I want to thank you for being here with me today. And if you find that today's episode resonates with you, or you know someone else that you think you would love for them to hear this episode, I highly encourage you to share it. Also, as you already know, I love, love, love feedback. So please, if you would like to leave me some feedback, feel free to email me at confessionsofamillspouse at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at confessionsofamillspouse or Facebook at confessionsofamilitaryspouse. So as you probably know, um, because I've been talking about it a lot in my last episodes, uh, my husband and I just pee PCS across country from San Diego, California to Beaufort, South Carolina. And it was slash has been a very wild ride. So I wanted to use today's episode to talk about our experience. Um, I know that we always talk about Murphy's Law of Deployment, but I definitely think that there's some truth to Murphy's Law of PCSing too. So let's go ahead and chat about it. that our journey on this PCS could have been a lot worse and there definitely could have been worse things that happened. So I am thankful that it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Um, and looking back now, it's mostly comical, which (laughs) is why I want to share it with you now because I can laugh about it. Uh, but at the time I most definitely was not laughing. So let's start with the packers slash movers. Um, Overall, honestly, it wasn't a terrible experience with them. However, you could tell that they were just there to complete a job. Um, I wouldn't say that they were treating our things poorly by any means, but you could just tell that they didn't have a passion for what they were doing and they kind of had the, it's not my stuff mentality, but overall they were super personable and they were really respectful. So it wasn't terrible. Um, For my husband and I, though, having someone else pack our things is really, really hard for us. Uh, For one, because he's in logistics and we're just not the type of people to just sit around and watch other people work. But essentially, that's what you have to do whenever you're doing a military move. So for those of you that are not military, or maybe you are and you haven't done a military PCS, um or you've only done Diddy moves, whatever the case may be, let me just explain a little bit about how it works. So basically, one day you're living in your house as normal, and then the next day everything's in boxes. Um, It sounds really, really silly, but that's literally how it happens. And they do not want you packing anything. So 
your entire house is as it normally is. Pictures on the wall, everything like that. And then within six to eight hours, the very next day, everything is in boxes. And it's crazy to me because when my husband and I have moved ourselves previously, you know, we pack things slowly. But when the military packs you, they pack it all in one day. And like I said, there's still pictures on the wall. TVs are still connected. Everything is still functioning in your house as normal. And then boom, within that time frame, it's all packed. And for whatever reason, it's just absolutely insane to me. Um, while they were there packing everything though, you have to be there basically overseeing them. So you literally just sit there watching them pack everything in your house. And I always feel so bad and so helpless, but then I, I have to remind myself that that's what they're there for and that's, that's their job. So like I said, our movers weren't terrible, but they weren't exceptionally great either. And you could tell that they were just there for a job and that was it. But they were personable and they were respectful, which I was happy about. After they pack your things, depending on what they decide to do, they'll either load your household goods in the truck same day or the next day. Ours was next day, which was fine because we had beds that we could have slept in. Uh, but honestly, we chose to go over to my best friend's house and stay there instead. So they came back the next day and loaded all of our things onto the truck, which honestly, we and the movers thought would be a pretty quick and easy process. But it turned out that it wasn't as quick as everyone thought it was going to be. And we were there quite later than we thought and expected. But nonetheless, they got it all loaded onto the truck fairly easily without many issues. They did break one of my flamingo um, solar lights from my front yard that I was pretty bummed about, but what can I say? Um, the only issues that we had, which was more so my husband because he was dealing with it, was that they, when they were packing up our mattress and they were loading up our mattress, there was apparently like a small tear on the underside of the mattress, which they alerted us to because they have to. Um, now I'll be honest, this mattress has been moved several times, so it's, hard to say when it actually happened, but I definitely feel like it was valid to be upset about it because it was an expensive, expensive mattress. And I understand it. it doesn't directly affect the mattress, so to speak. Um, but we don't know when it got there, how it got there. And it is something that they could have potentially done because, you know, we couldn't be everywhere all the time. And the other thing that we got upset about was they have to inventory everything, so every box, large item, piece of furniture, etc., gets a, a tag number, basically. And those tag numbers are then transferred onto a piece of paper. And then on the paper, it's noted what's in the box or what piece of furniture it is, etc., etc. But along with that is the condition of either what's in the box or the piece of furniture, whatever. And in... Those condition lines, some of the conditions of our things that they were describing, we didn't feel were very accurate. Um, you know, we truly take good care of our things and we understand that a lot of them have normal wear and tear, um, but we feel like maybe they overcompensated for some of the quote unquote damages on our goods. And the reason that they do that, I think, is to basically cover their asses. So if something happens during the move transition, they can't really be blamed or held ac accountable for it, which 
is beyond frustrating, but I digress. <laughs> so after they got all of our things packed up and loaded, um, we actually stayed with my best friend until the end of that week. So Ella could finish that week of school and so we could have her parent teacher conferences with her teacher before we left, which I might add went extremely well and we were very proud of her. Um, and we did decide to keep her out of school that Friday, though, so we could get started on on our journey because we knew we were going to have a lot of driving. And this was the first time that we had ever made an actual like trip out of our PCS journey. Prior to this, um, we would usually drive straight through and get where we were going as fast as we could. And I think that the reason for that was primarily because we usually only had one vehicle and that we were driving and we could switch drivers if we needed and the other one could sleep while one was driving. However, this trip, we had to drive both vehicles separately and I do not do well driving. I actually hate it. So we knew if we were going to make this trip, which obviously we had to, um, we needed to make it manageable. That Friday we left. Uh, my husband had to check out, had to like officially check out of his unit. So he drove up to Camp Pendleton to do that. And then Ella and I met him up there and that's where we left from. He checked out of his unit. We had no issues. We went to the gas station. We got gas. We were all pumped. We were ready to go. We pulled over into an empty parking lot just to chat briefly and make sure we knew the plan and, and everything like that. And as I was getting into my Durango... Which, by the way, my Durango is like my second kid. <laughs> I love that thing to death. Um, I realized that someone had keyed it on the driver's side door. And I'm still very, very livid about it. And it's not superficial scratches either, you guys. They are deep scratches. So now I have to figure out where to take that to have it fixed at some point. And we still have no idea who did it or why they did it or like if there was a reason to doing it, but I'm definitely not happy. And that was definitely not the way that I wanted to start our trip. And actually I need to backtrack because, um, I kind of forgot about this part. <laughs> um, so we actually, prior to even leaving, we needed to have the tires rotated on both cars and the oil changed in both cars, obviously to make sure that, that we were safe on this drive. Cause it's like, it was like a 3000 mile drive. So we took the cars to the local Firestone that we had been using for years and we didn't anticipate any problems. Like we had regularly been taking them in for tire rotations, oil checks or oil changes, uh, maintenance, things like that. And we took my husband's car in first. And as soon as they got it there, they looked at the tires and told us that they couldn't rotate the cars on the tire or the tires on the car. They said that they couldn't do it because there wasn't enough tread and that we needed new tires. We were shocked to say the least. Um, because like I said, every three or 5,000 miles, we were taking it in there to have the tires rotated. And that was not anything that was ever mentioned to us. And we had barely had those tires for three years and they had less than 50,000 miles on them. So the other thing was that we had bought the warranty 
quote unquote warranty for the tires. And it was like a 70,000 mile warranty. So we assumed that if we needed new tires before the 70,000 miles, like we could just, we would get them because we were supposed to get that many miles out of it. That was a really fun thought (laughs) because we quickly learned that's definitely not how that works. Um, And to those of you that are trying to be sold a tire warranty, don't do it. It's not worth it. Uh, Because basically the warranty was useless. And what ends up happening is you do get prorated for the amount of tread you didn't use out of those miles. (sighs) How they determine that, I don't even know. But so, I mean, we did end up getting a slight discount for brand new tires, but we were also in the situation where we didn't have a choice but to get new tires because we were literally the next day getting ready to drive cross country. So $600 later, we had new tires on the car, rotated tires on the Durango, and oil changes in both. (laughs) And it was definitely not an expense that we were expecting. So $600 on the cars, and then to find out someone had keyed my Durango, (laughs) it was definitely not a great start to our trip. So when we started our trip, we drove from San Diego to Cedar City, Utah, and we stayed the night in a hotel there, which was about an eight-hour trip. Um, We forgot to factor in the time change, too, though, so we got to the hotel that night a little later than we expected, Uh, but we usually only drove about four hours uh, per stretch because we timed it to where, like, we could stop at four hours for lunch, and then, you know, we would continue on and be at the hotel and kind of do it that way. So we got to the hotel that night and we had told Ella that we were going to take her swimming and I'm digging through my suitcase because I knew I had packed my swimsuit and it wasn't there. (laughs) So I was actually really, really bummed at first. I'm like, gosh, $600 in the car. Someone queued my Durango and now I have forgotten my swimsuit. Like seriously? Um, but we walked down to the pool and realized that the water in the pool was actually freezing. So I wasn't missing too much. And then, and then I wasn't too sad about it. Um, and that night was, was thankfully pretty uneventful. And we got up the next morning and continued on our journey. And we drove from Cedar City to Denver, Colorado, which was also about an eight hour drive. And the drive was mostly uneventful to Denver until we got into the Rocky Mountains. And that was an experience. Um, We got caught up in an accident that had literally just happened. But thanks to my Waze app, (laughs) we were able to reroute and avoid most of it and save a lot of time. Uh, however, shortly after that little hiccup, it started snowing, but it wasn't a big deal because the outside temperature wasn't too cold. Like it wasn't below freezing. But then as we drove up the mountain, the snow got heavier and the temperature got colder and my hands got a little tighter on the steering wheel (laughs) as we hit the peak of the mountain. Um, I think it was like the Eisenhower tunnel or something like that. It was like 12,000 plus foot of elevation and the temperature was 27 degrees. I was freaking out because all of the signs, of course, say, you know, say bridges freeze before roads and the roads were wet, but like in that moment at that time, it was really hard to tell if the roads were just wet or if they were iced over. And especially with the temperature being below freezing at 27 degrees, it was it was scary. 
you know, we had Ella in one of the cars. We had the two dogs. And not to mention, it was also a 6% grade coming down the mountain for 44 miles. And if that road was ice and you got going too fast and needed to hit the brakes, like, that was it. It was game over. You were done. <laughs> um, and I was so terrified, but I took it slow and... Whew, thankfully, we made it. <laughs> so we stayed at a friend's house in Denver for a few days, and uh, which I talked about a little bit. But those few days were probably the most eventful of the entire trip, to be honest. <laughs> so the night that we got there, we went out to dinner uh, with our friends. And of course, we were exhausted. But when we got to the restaurant, Ella got sick. And Honestly, we all kind of assumed it was altitude sickness and from not eating for a while, and we really didn't think much of it. However, that night, that poor girl was so sick. She was up every 30 to 45 minutes from probably 10 o'clock on, and she got sick all over her bed, all over her clothes. She was in the shower at like 1 a.m. Like, it was awful, and she was so miserable. She literally could not keep a single thing down. Finally, at like three o'clock in the morning, the next morning, she stopped and seemed to be fine. Uh, but to play it safe, we hung around the house most most of the day that next day, and we didn't really want to overdo it, and so we were just kind of hanging out. Um, the following day, though, everyone was fine. Everything was good, so we decided to go explore Denver, which was amazing. We went on a tour of the Coors Brewery. We took Ella to the Children's Museum, and then um, the adults went out for some fun at Top Golf, and we had a blast. It was my husband's first time there, and we just had so much fun. And then the following day happened. <laughs> I woke up and realized that my husband was not feeling well. And prior to that point, we had realized that Ella probably had food poisoning because she had some hard-boiled eggs at the hotel that she had eaten that morning. Um, And that's probably what made her sick because other than that, we had all eaten the same thing and none of us were sick. So we, we had kind of established that's probably what it was. So I knew Dustin wasn't sick from what Ella had. And I could genuinely tell that he was not feeling well. And him not feeling well is is really unusual. And he told me, you know, he thought it was his kidneys because of where it was hurting and how bad it was hurting. And so I actually ended up taking him to the emergency room in Denver to make sure everything was okay. Um, thankfully, it was. And I just have to say that the emergency room we went to was super amazing Um, and a very, very good one. And they took great care of him and it was not his kidneys. It ended up being musculoskeletal. Um, we think probably just from all the driving and, you know, sleeping in different beds and, and everything else. And, you know, thankfully he was able to rest all of that day. And then we got on the road the following day. So we got on the road and went to Kansas City next to stay with some more friends. And I am very happy to say (laughs) that trip was very uneventful. No one was sick. No one was injured. We had an awesome time just being able to hang out with the friends and enjoy their company. And from there, we went on to St. Louis to see my best friends. And that too was just so much fun. 
we laughed harder than I had laughed in a really long time. And it was it was nice to just be able to enjoy more friends' companies, let the kids run wild, talk about how much has changed in the last 10 years that we've been friends. And that trip to oh, was not eventful, thankfully, <laughs> because honestly, I'm not sure I could have handled much more. And then from there, uh, we went home to be with our families for Thanksgiving. And it was a quick and short trip home. But we were very thankful that we were able to spend the time with our family during the Thanksgiving holiday that we were able to. So when we left from home, we continued on our journey to Beaufort. And we drove from our home, which is in Illinois, to East Ridge, Tennessee. And we stayed in a hotel for the night there. Uh, When we travel, because we have the dogs, we always stay in La Quinta hotels because they're dog friendly and we've always had good experiences with them and, you know, overall they're just generally good hotels for a really good price. This one, however, was definitely not top notch of the hotels. It was a little sketch to be honest. Um, So I didn't sleep very well that night, but we all made it out safe and alive. So that following day was a Monday and we made the final eight hour drive into Beaufort to our new house. And we were so excited to finally get to Beaufort. I mean, it had taken, it had been 18 days at that point that we had been in a house that wasn't ours. And we were extremely thankful for the places that we were able to stay along the way. But there's nothing quite like having a place to call your own. And we knew it would be a few days without our household goods still. So I resourced the best that I could and I got enough things for us to be able to at least stay in our house for those few days before we received our household goods. Then the day finally came and our household goods finally have arrived and I think we had 10 crates of stuff and then some other stuff in the back of like a box truck. We had a lot of stuff, (laughs) a lot of stuff that I didn't realize we had, I guess, but Nonetheless, it was there and we could not have been more excited at that point because it had been 23 days since we had slept in our own bed, but that excitement quickly wore off as we watched the moving company handle our things. I was so highly disappointed in the way they handled our things. And like I said before, I get it. They're there to do a job and they are there for a paycheck, but when you're watching them literally roll boxes of your life down a ramp of their truck and then toss it to the side... It's hard to have compassion and understand that they're just there for a job. I know that it's not their stuff, but it is my stuff and it is my life in those boxes. And yes, as military families, when things are lost or broken during a move, we can file a claim and we can get money for those things. But some of those those things are memories that are broken that no amount of money will ever be able to replace. Unfortunately, we had a lot of broken and damaged things this move from furniture to memorabilia to boxes being misplaced. Overall, it wasn't a great experience. And I will say that there were some tagged items that were initially not accounted for when we first got our household goods. And the moving company did stay to help us locate those, those items prior to leaving, but they weren't overly happy about it and they didn't really care to hide it either. And then I sat there and thought about the fact that this is not just happening to my family. It's happening to a bunch of other military families, and some of them are probably much worse than my experience, and it's sad. Our military members put their lives on the line for our country, and their lives and our lives are packed up in these boxes 
every at least three years and tossed around like a football with no regards to the memories being held inside those boxes. And if you can't tell, it really, really pisses me off because I just feel like there's something that could be done differently to make these experiences better, whether it's hiring higher-ended companies or contracting one specific company for the military and then training them properly on how things should be handled. You know, I don't have the answers and I'm not 100% sure, but what I do know is that it's a really sad situation and a very harsh reality that many military families face. It's been over a week now that we've been in Beaufort and we're settling in nicely. Um, Ella has started school and I've started working and I recently uh, went on a trip to Miami with my work and it was an amazing time. And thankfully my husband was holding down the fort here. Um, He's put a lot of work into our house to make it a home and I just have to say I am beyond thankful for that. Like anywhere though, it's been an adjustment. Um, One of the things is the bugs, you guys. I really took for granted the fact that California did not have bugs. Buford has a lot of bugs, and I am not a fan. <laughs> um, and the other thing that I've already had some issues with is Ella's after-school program. And I've already pulled her out of one within a week's time of her only going there two days, to be honest, of that week. And am starting her in another one. And, you know, this is one of many issues that military families have. You know, when you relocate to a new place where you essentially know no one and you don't know anything, you do your research and then you do the best you can to, in this situation, you know, make sure your child is in a safe place and the best care possible. But until you're actually like in the heat of it, you never truly know. And it makes it really, really difficult. So, when I witnessed some stuff um, going on in our after-school program that I was not okay with, I spent a solid two to three days getting her out of that situation um, and making sure that she got to a place where not only I was comfortable that she was there, but she was happy to be there as well because, you know, after going to her original after-school program for two days, two days... On the third day, she just started bawling at school drop-off because she didn't want to go. And for me as a parent, that's that's not okay. That is not an okay situation. And I would do whatever I needed to do to make sure she didn't have that again. And, you know, we still have some work to do. And we're still working on completely settling in. You know, we've gotten our house livable and... We still have those like random boxes in the garage that need to be gone through that are like this, that, and whatever. Um, But so far we, we like it and it's definitely been a wild ride to get here. Um, But honestly, being a military family, I wouldn't expect it any other way. And before I end this episode, I want to give my husband a shout out for all the things that he has done to make sure this transition has been as smooth as possible for not only me, but for also Ella, because he knows that I hate moving. And when I say hate moving, it was like a solid three and a half days when we were unpacking that I was probably the biggest, not nice lady in the world. Because it is just, I do not find it fun. It does not bring me joy. If I could Marie Kondo it, I would. 
but unfortunately I can't. Um, and I want to shout out everyone else who has helped us out along this journey, give, given us places to stay, fed us, whatever the situation is. Um, you guys are all the real MVPs. And I am sure that most of my military spouses can relate to some or all of this episode. And hopefully you can laugh with me about the crazy things that, that happened as well. Um, because we all know Murphy's Law of PCS, something's going to happen. I appreciate you being here with me today and be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform so you never miss an episode.